Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. everybody welcome back once again to tips from the server room this is episode number 141 for june the 8th of 2019 i'm your host jack i'm going to be guiding you into through and back out of the world of systems administration network administrations and all fields of it if you get a chance please check out my website and that is at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can also comment on these shows, and I hope that you do. I would love to hear from you out there. And to get the very best of Windows Server 2012 education, please check out jtclearning.com. That's jtclearning.com. You can sign up right now and begin learning right away. And that's from install to full administration and a couple other key little courses in there, little classes that's going to help you on the way. So let's talk a little bit first of all about where has Jack been, what have I been up to, and why have I not recorded a show since I think I just looked, it was December 29th of 2018. So it's almost like I took an off-season, like the network stars do or something, <laughs> and uh, and I know that's not the case, but it is kind of uh, kind of comical. But, um, you know, it's different types of uh, timings of the year, it's different types of aspects that happen to us through the year. And it's different kind of stuff that goes on that um, we just can't control. And in my case, it was actually the reason of, um, I guess, a new career path. I think that's the biggest, best way to put this is, is the new career path. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. Uh, so in the show, I thought I would talk about my new career and some of the steps that you need to think about. When you're going to take over a network as either a network uh, administrator or a technology director role. I also want to talk a little bit about interviews and landing the right job for your future moves. And if you remember a while back, I think I was telling you, I worked at a school uh, district for two years. And I was working with a, a contract company in that school district. And they treated us very well. There was nothing wrong with the contracting company. I can't say anything negative about them at all. Uh, it's a very good corporation to work for. Uh, they were very decent people to us, myself and my partner. But after two years, what happened was the contract ended at that particular school district. And they had in-house people that they were going to put into place as the technology director and as the uh, the. Uh, the computer technologist is what my partner did there. So with that happening, uh, they didn't need us any longer. Now, the school district, it turns out after two years, it was kind of like a two-year extended interview because the school district and actually the board members of the school district actually wanted to keep myself and my partner. They tried very hard to hire us from our contracting company. Now, here's the first word of advice I will give you when you get a job anywhere. Make sure you know what you're signing because what we signed was a non-compete clause and a contract that said we would not take a job if offered to us from that particular 
placement wherever you may be uh, as an outsourced person. And also that place that you're working uh, is not allowed uh, to offer you a job. And what they're doing there, they're protecting their contract. And I think even more so what they did was after the whole thing fell apart and, and we looked at it was they were protecting their investment in us as their workers, as their, uh, you know, their, how did they say it? Um, their, I don't know, their talent to say the better, the better word for it. So they were keeping us there because they knew the kind of work that we did and they didn't want to lose us to the school district. Plus, they didn't want the school district to benefit from people from their, their company and being able to hire them away. So that kind of fell through. So what happened was the contracting company said, well, look, the contract is up. We really have nowhere. Uh, originally, they had nowhere to put us, so they were going to lay us off. And that's a shock. Uh, especially when you get as old as I am. I'm 55 now. And you get to that point where you look at it and you go, where am I going to work? I mean, I'm 55 years old. Who's going to hire a 55-year-old out-of-work technologist uh, with these young kids coming out of school today? And, you know, they're coming out, they're fresh, and they'll start, you know, and, and, and they'll take any amount of money you offer them because they want to get a jump into the business. And we're seasoned veterans and we have to make a certain salary uh, cap so or a salary range. And, you know, where would you go? So you have to think about that. So what the company did was though they came back and said, well, look, look, we have another school that's relatively the same driving distance. And they were having some people leaving that district, some of the workers that they had contracted there. They had a bigger staff there. Instead of two, we had – I think we had five, five or six. And they decided that <clears> – excuse me. They decided that they would move us uh, to the school district if we agreed to it. So we could either A, be laid off or B, move to the school district, take on another role, but still be working, making the same salary. So, of course, we jumped on it and we went to the new school district. So the school district we worked at, myself and my partner, there were two buildings, uh, 1,100 kids, and let's give it 125 staff members. The district that we went to had seven buildings, had 5,000 students, and ended up having uh, roughly 500 staff members throughout the entire district that now we were responsible for. And instead of me going in there and taking the role of technology directors where they wanted to put me, they had another person in place um, that they were going to put in there because they were known by some of the key players in the district, and they didn't want to upset that that balance, I guess. So instead of putting me in as a technology director where they wanted to put me, they asked if I would do the software analyst job. So I did software, databases, um, <clears throat> uh, among other things, you know, servers, uh, SCCM, running that, you know, pushing software out to people. Uh, and I also was responsible for doing taking over two of the uh, elementary schools and doing all their hardware repairs, their brake fix, and so stuff that I wasn't really dream – it wasn't my dream job, but I was working. And the company I worked for was nice enough, and like I said, they're good people, to, to ask me to go there and to pay the wage that I was making. Even though I was walking into a job that was a lower paid job, they, they kept me and my partner at the same wage. So I felt that was – it was fair. So after doing that for about, oh, I don't know, I guess I was there maybe five, six months at that school district. Um, even after the first two months, I took a really hard look and found out that really wasn't for me. 
that really wasn't my cup of tea. It's not what I really wanted to do. Now, what it did do for me was it built my resume. Doing these databases and working on this stuff actually helped me to build a better resume, a more well-rounded person that can take care of a lot more than just being that technology director and sitting there overseeing everything. Now I actually had a lot of knowledge of database work, a lot of knowledge of PHP programming, um, and a lot of knowledge of Visual Studio programming, as well as many, many other software packages that I never thought I would know about because they are particularly in a school district. So after looking at it for a couple months and thinking, man, this is really not where I wanted to be, I came home pretty miserable every day. I came home very irritated every day. Um, you know, I would get in arguments with my wife for no apparent reason whatsoever. And it started to be very apparent that I needed to take a career change. I needed a change in my career path. But remember now, I'm 55 years old. So where are you going to go at 55 years old? You have to think about this. And I started going through Indeed, like I'm sure many of you do, and I started looking and I started putting out resumes. My object was to put out resumes, uh, three resumes, you know, three, uh, no, well, I'll be realistic, three to eight resumes weekly, all right, depending on what was on Indeed, what would come up. I knew I didn't want to work in the city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, because I don't like driving into the city. I don't like the parking conditions, and if it's not a job making a hundred a hundred to hundred twenty five thousand a year, I'm just not going to be there because I'll be even more irritated and it's not going to work out for me. I'm not going to be happy. So I started digging around and started putting some resumes out. And there's one person that a lot of you out there will despise of, and I know I did too for a long time. And they used to call them headhunters. And the headhunters now I can honestly call them talent scouts. Because I think if you send your resume to some of these job placement services, it doesn't cost you anything. What they do is they are very good at trying to match you up with, with a job that you're going to be happy with. And they know your salary range. They know what you want to make. So they're not going to send you on an interview out there and say, oh, look, um, uh, you know, and you get done with the interview and you're like, it's the greatest job I've ever heard in my life. This is where I'd really want to work. And, you know, and they turn to you and say, well, we're going to offer you $22,000 a year. And you're like, wait, I was making 80. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that's the shock. And so you just wasted your time. You wasted that employer's time and, and no one's happy with that. But what these talent scouts do is they actually match you and, and they worked really, really hard. I worked with two different ones and had two very, very uh, good offers actually in the same week. So and I'll talk about that in a minute. But so get your job, you know, get your resumes with some of these folks and, and let them kind of match you with what is out there. They have stuff coming in every day. And like I said, it doesn't cost you anything. I asked them, I said, well, how much is this going to cost me? Part of my salary? But, and they said, no, the, you know, the employer pays for their HR, basically. They're working as HR people for their HR abilities, and they're paying to, to help them find the right fit for their company. So that's how they get paid. So first... Let's talk a little bit about making that job move. So as I said, I was sending out eight resumes a week. I knew that either I wanted a network administration's position or a systems administration position or a technology director position. That's what I was looking for. Um, I knew I, you know, I, I do better when I sit at the top of the chain and I do better when I'm helping to guide people in their daily jobs. So I knew what I was looking for. 
I also knew the salary cap I was looking for and what I needed to leave the one job to go to another. You don't want to lose $20,000. That wouldn't make sense. So you know you have to make those and keep those in mind. Even though I was miserable at my job, um, I probably had um, – probably – I would honestly have to say now that I'm not working there, I had probably the, one, the worst bosses I could have ever imagined in my entire life. Um, it was just absolutely – every day was a grind. Every day was horrible, and it shows because even the people I worked with all were leaving for new jobs. And I asked around, people said, we don't really leave jobs because the teachers were actually crying that we were leaving because we provided such a great service. And that's a very positive influence on you, and I felt really bad. People don't leave jobs normally. Normally, people leave very bad bosses. And the company I worked for, their only downfall was they continued to leave that same boss, sit in that same chair, even though all the talent is leaving their company. While all they needed to do was to remove that person and put somebody in there that was, you know, better suited for the position, uh, more, very much more knowledgeable, and very much more um, a people person to take care of the people. And I think they would have had a lot better talent staying there. So. But anyway, that was that was in the past. I don't live in the past. I live in the future. So you're sending your resumes out and you're deciding what you want to do next. So And maybe it's not even what you're doing now. Um, let's say, for instance, you might be a, a database administrator and you're like, I really like networking and I want to be a network administrator. You start applying for those kind of jobs. So interviewing for the job, the big day. So you're going to interview for this job and – I'm very old schooled. I'm 55. I still go. I hear kids going in nowadays in a pair of jeans and, and a pullover, a polo shirt. For an interview, that is not me. For me, I, you know, I put on the suit, I put on the nice tie, the nice pressed shirt, the shiny shoes, and I go in because I, you, that first impression. And I've watched a lot of interviewing techniques on YouTube, very good resource. And I found you have seven seconds. Seven seconds when you wake in, when you wake in, mm. a little rusty today, folks, you have seven seconds from when you walk in and you shake that interviewer's hand to make that impression, to say, hey, look, I'm here and I prepared to be here. That is what you want to do. And then you want to listen, listen to everything that interviewer is telling you, you know, ask and you can ask questions and don't. Here's the questions not to ask on the first interview. How much vacation do I get? How many sick days do I get? Um, you know, you can talk salary cap, and I did. That first interview, I said, look, this is what I'm expecting to make because I don't want a second interview if you're not going to hit, you know, my price point because you're just wasting our time, and I'm not going to get dressed up again if you're going to waste my time. That's just not going to happen. So, but those are the two big things. Don't ever ask about vacation days and sick days and, and personal days and, you know, uh, do we do we get a holiday breaks? Do we get vacation days? Uh, or holidays or, you know, that will all pan out in the end. You'll figure that out on the second interview. That's you save that. So but you're going to ask questions about what does the company do? What's expected of me? Um, you could even ask, what are the hours of work? Because that's important to me, too. Um, I don't want to work a job where I'm working, you know, nine to six, uh, you know, 10 to eight. I don't want to work. A, I don't want to work an afternoon shift. I don't want to work a midnight shift. I'm very picky. I'm 55. You know, I've earned that right in my life not to have to work in the evening shifts. 
So there you go. So I knew I wanted a daylight job. Once you get through that initial interview, you want it to last hopefully one hour. If it lasted an hour, you can get in your car and you're going to feel pretty solid about yourself. You know, but ask questions. Ask, they, they expect you to ask questions at this interview. Now, if you make it to the second interview, here is what you do. You have to sell your skills. Especially, my second interview was with six people. So he had his key people in our company, um, and we'll talk about that in our company in a minute. But he had six people come in and sit and, and just fire different questions at me, right? So you're actually answering with your skill level. And what I found about this interview that I have not had in many interviews in the past was I even came out and told my wife, she's like, well, she always said, well, how did the interview go, hon? And I said, well, look, it went like this. It went very, very well. And I said, she said, well, how so? How so did it go well, better than, than other interviews you went to? I said, I didn't have to work for any answers. They flowed right out of me because I knew everything they wanted me to know. And they knew everything they wanted me to be able to do. That is when you know that you're walking into a job that you're going to be more happy with and you're going to be able to perform at a very, very high level. So, and with that second interview, I actually took in, um, ask people that you work with currently to type you up letters of reference. You know, phone numbers are okay, but you're making the employer do work that they shouldn't have to do. So get letters of reference. I put them in a nice binder and I knew that how many people would be at the interview, six people. So I had six binders to hand out to everybody. And, uh, you know, I left it with them. So that way they can actually read, you know, a little bit. They can scan over these things that people wrote about you. And that is selling your skills because if somebody else believed in you, the new people are going to believe in you also. So the very next day was um, we were sitting eating dinner. This was on Monday was on, on a Monday was my interview. On a Tuesday, we were eating dinner, and, you know, after dinner, sometimes you pick up your phone, you look at your current emails, and I was like, oh, my God. And my wife's like, what? I said, there is my offer letter from this company that I interviewed with yesterday. And we we were actually very excited, very blown away that it happened that quickly, but I think it's because I sold my skills, I sold myself, and I showed that I was prepared for that interview, and I wanted to work for their company. That is what you have to do to get a job today. Don't just walk in and go, yeah, you know, my name's Jack. I can do some networking and I know servers and I can uh, put a switch in for you and wire covered up or anybody can do that. Anybody can do your job. You have to go in and give them the why first. Why do they want to hire you? Not, you know, what you can do and what you can do next. You want to show why. Why you want why they need to hire you into their company and why you would make a positive impact with their company. So with that said, we're at about uh, 18 minutes in this podcast. So I'm going to go through this next part here a little bit faster. But uh, so, yes, I did get the job. I have been working there now actually one month. And um, what I do for this company is I am their technology uh, manager. So I'm the technology manager and I'm also a database uh, administrator and a database programmer. So I, I do those basically kind of three roles wrapped into one. And um, But it's good because I'm building a lot of skills around the programming side that I've loved to do for years. I've written a lot of software. So it kind of fit in. And being a technology manager, I'm in charge of everything. So that's a very golden opportunity. We do have some other programmers within the company uh, that program like website programming. 
and we do have uh, a person that programs uh, surveys in our company that that is a survey programmer. So that was pretty interesting to walk into. So um, it's it's a great little company to work for. Uh, little, I'm saying, well, we're mid sized. We're a mid sized company with a global reach. So what can you say? That's pretty pretty good to be able to walk in there and, and be able to take over and start making some positive impact. So what do you do when you get that new job? So we're going to go through some of this without making this podcast too long. I don't want to bore you here. You can listen to this in chunks in your car, I guess. Uh, hopefully there's still people out there picking up tips from the server room. Sorry, I haven't been around for a while, but I'm sure I'll be looking and I have a ton of new material. I just have to get time to record these. And we will get back to the video on YouTube. I'm sorry I didn't today because I said I'm a little rusty. So I figured I'd just do an audio edition and get it out there to you so you can start listening once again. So the first thing you do when you get a new job is you walk in. And what I don't want you to do is don't walk in to somewhere where there was a guy sitting there for five years, ten years, whatever. And matter of fact, that was one of the questions I asked in the first interview. And I always ask this question is, what happened to your last guy? Always want to know that. You don't want to hear, oh, he worked here two months and he got fired because he was an idiot. Eh, you know, maybe you'll go and maybe you're going to be an idiot. You got to be careful. Anyway, so the first thing you do is don't go in there and just sit back in there and warm the chair back up, right? That's not what we want to do. The first thing you need to do is go into what I call the discovery phase. And there's going to be some items I'm going to miss along this list, but I'm going to hit you with the list here and don't write it down right now. Actually, I think I'll put it together and I will put it. On tips from the server room, uh, you'll find it. I think there's a place on there for files. I don't remember. I'm going to have to dig back and look. But I will have it on there somehow or have a link where you can download this little list at. So the first thing in my discovery phase I wanted to work on was passwords and accounts. Now, these are the two big things because you're going to walk in there. You're going to have to start. First of all, you have to get into the server, maybe reset somebody's password, you know, whatever. But, but not only on servers. You want this to be on hardware, software. And I found that this company has many, many websites that they use uh, for, for different items. One in particular that we're using is AWS. And you may want to ask this stuff at interviews also. You know, try to dig down a little bit and find what they used. Because when I came home after the first interview, I did a lot of research about AWS and I knew a lot about it. I even signed up for, you know, for a free account and started playing with the interface and getting used to, you know, AWS because... You know, I am a big, you know, uh, cloud-based guy, but I haven't really used AWS a whole lot. Um, I used uh, Azure a lot. Um, matter of fact, we're still using Azure today for, you know, for email and stuff. So, and uh, Office 365 with uh, with an Azure backend. So we still use that. But we use AWS for websites and database backends, and it's really cool. And I really love having it. And I and I'm glad that my, our, you know, my company is uh, putting that money out there to make that technology leap in the right direction. So, you know, you want to know passwords and usernames for any cloud-based services. The next thing, and I'm currently working on this now, is hardware inventory. I'm still finding everything after a month because I'm still doing my current day-to-day -day work, and I have to find time on the side to be able to do a hardware inventory. So you want to find all the current gear being used and also start digging deeper. And look for stuff. I found stuff in cupboards. I found stuff in closets. I found stuff in storage shelves. You know, uh, the last guy that was there decided that maybe we shouldn't throw anything away. Even though the computers are 20 years old, maybe we should keep those. I don't know why they did that. Um, I think digging into it now, the reason they did it was they didn't know how to destroy the hard drives. 
um, to zero them out, to clean them up, to do a, you know a, a one pass or a five pass on these hard drives. Particularly, I mean, we talked about you could pull them out, run a drill press through them, do whatever, get rid of these hard drives, and then get rid of that old equipment. The next thing you want to do is do a network inventory. This is big because you want to know what you have, how much you have, what brand you have, and the cabling. <laughs> the cabling, I had a call from one office. I walked in. They said, hey, my network jack's not working. I couldn't even tell you where the cable was ran to. There is little switches sitting around the office space. There is little, uh, not hubs anymore, but switches, like five-port switches you'll find around. You know how they, as a company grows, and I told them that's not a bad thing because that's shown me that you have growth. If you go in there and they got an eight-port switch and all eight ports are filled up and they've had that eight-port switch for 15 years, guess what the company is not doing? It's not increasing in size, folks. It's staying very stagnant. Be very careful about them companies because they could go backwards. This company is building and building and building and building. Uh, we're on a constant hiring streak. We're on a constant uh, you know, business streak, a lot of new business coming in, and which means the network is growing because I got to keep putting new computers in. You have to get your techs out there to put the computers in and get all this stuff wired back into the, to the switch, right? Very important. So know what you have, know what cabling you have, know which way that cable goes. And one of the most important things I found in the network is find out what who you have for an ISP. And if you're doing a lot of cloud-based work, this is the second thing I'm looking at now, is a secondary ISP. Um, with everything on the cloud, it, we're kind of going back to the old mainframe days where if the mainframe is unreachable, then you're going to lose half of your business. Same thing here. If the cloud is unreachable, we can't do half of our work because that's where our databases reside now. So I'm looking for a secondary backup internet provider with an emergency cutover and you know just for very very high availability it doesn't have to be anything super fast it just has to be something to in case our main line goes down the next thing was server inventory find out what operating system is running on your server uh, in our place of business i found that we are running windows uh, small business server and that is a very big concern of mine because small business server is actually end of life at the end of this year. I believe it's December 31st, I think, somewhere. I'm sure some of you will correct me out there if I'm wrong. So that is going. The new servers already been specced out. I already you know, got the new server already um, ready to be purchased. We just have to make that purchase, get the server in there, and start building a new server system with actually Windows Server 2019 is what I'll be going with. And I probably it looks like I'll probably be using Hyper-V. I know everybody knows I'm a big uh, you know VMware guy, but Hyper-V they said has come a long way, and I'm going to trust uh, the people that I've been talking to, the vendors. So it looks like we're going to be doing Hyper-V, which is fine as long as I have a a way to virtualize my servers. I also found that I have a couple Cent servers. Now, if you've never used Cent, it's C-E-N-T. I think Cent Seven is the current version out there. That is running our uh, MySQL and PHP backends for our internal websites, our intranet sites. Uh, and that's part of my programming that I'm working with is reprogramming and changing some of that and building that up a little bit better. So that is kind of where I'm at with that. So that is that part of it. Uh, so you want to know what kind of servers you have running, uh, what kind of virtualization you have running, 
and get all that under your hat because if something crashes, which we have one computer that runs the voicemail that occasionally crashes and I looked for this computer one day I'm like where is this computer at and the one lady that's been there for 25 years said well Jack I believe they would go into that server and virtual thing something and restart it said, eh, that doesn't make sense but I went in sure enough she was right and I was able to go in and just restart it on the virtualization and now it's fine but it occasionally does crash and that will be one of the servers that will be upgraded of course and that software will be moved pretty soon the next thing is budgeting how much do you have? And I found out just the other day, uh, the boss of the company, the owner of the company actually, and the boss, you know, we had a little discussion, and he said that he wants to keep his company or our company on the leading edge of technology. And yes, it's going to cost money, and yes, you know, it's going to take a hit a little bit off the bottom line of, of the overall intake of the company, but he feels very strongly that if we don't have, and believe me, folks, we use technology every single day in our company. Our company could not survive one day without a computer system. Not at all. And that's why it's leading me to believe this secondary internet connection is a really good idea. So that's something we're going to be discussing very soon. So know about your servers. and um, We're talking budgeting. Know about your budgeting. Find out how much money you have to spend on what gear. And that also goes back to that hardware inventory is find out when the last stuff has been purchased. Because they'll say, like, all oh, them computers were purchased like 18 years ago. And you're like, no, actually, I looked, and somebody actually did write it down, and they were purchased, you know, in 2013. Yes, they need to go, but they weren't bought 18 years ago, obviously. And with that said, let's go to software inventory real quick. Know what software you have out there. When I walked in, there was three versions of Microsoft Office. I don't like that. I want everything to be on the same version. So we made the switch now, and we are now running Office 365, which if you're not familiar with it, I can go on hours about this because so many people get so confused, and Microsoft, damn you for doing this to us. When Office 365, when you install the fat clients, right? And so we use, we use Word, we use Excel, we use PowerPoint. These are very highly used in our company. We use Microsoft Access still, which is going away, but it's still very large in our company and very much needed at the present moment. Um, so all of those are being used every single day. So when they load up the fat client, it says Office 365. And they said, hey, what version is that? Because we were running, you know, Office 2013. Some people had Office 2016. And I said, this is actually Office 2016. And they dubbed it Office 365 because the idea is it's, it's, it's with you 365 days a year. It's with you pretty much anywhere you want to go. And it pretty much just justifies that you're now leasing your software. And we pay a really good penny to lease Microsoft Office. But again... Thankfully, thanks for my boss and the owner of the company. He knows how important that is to run his business. And we can't slack off. We have to stay up on top of it and keep up with the current versions. So that's why it's so critically important. So there you have it. And check the software that you have running. I found one of our sent servers, you know, running like PHP 4. That's a problem. PHP 4, you know, I'm sure there's security issues. You want to get up to the latest PHP versions on your on your servers, and you want to keep your uh, MySQL or your database backend up to whatever current version is. Running the old versions is, you know, it, they're going. I had this discussion with one of our workers because she really didn't like the new Microsoft Outlook. She said, "Can you take me back?" And I said, 
I won't because of the security issues, and I, and I won't do that. So that's stuff you got to think about. You know, make that decision. Make that decision. You're going to stay current and as current as you can and with, with open source software. Why can't you stay current with everything? Um, but it's the programming. The PHP programming was done by a guy that used to work there. He worked there like, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, let's say five years ago, and he built the intranet site. He built all the PHP, and now I'm trying to go back and read his code. And there's not one single comment in the code to tell you what it does, to tell you where it is. I talked to him the other day. You know, I still reach out to this guy, and I reached out. I said, "Where's the, where's the uh, where's the index page, the menuing system? Oh, it's all ran from the database because this guy was a database genius, and that's how he wrote it. So I'm still trying to read somebody else's code, and if you ever wanted to live your life adventurous, try that sometime. So, folks, I know there's some stuff I might have missed, and I'm sorry about that. I try to keep these close to 30 to 40 minutes as I can, and hopefully I, I hit on enough key points to help you if you get that new job out there, and I hope that you do. You know, I'm pulling for you, and I'm praying for you every day. If you're looking for a job, that you find it, and, you know, hopefully these podcasts will help you a little bit to get out there and, and get your feet wet. Um and I know I don't like to do any hard sells, but I mean, I know my server course has helped a lot of people get a, get a, get a job lined up, you know, in the server field, Windows Server, taking that 2012 course. Uh, and I'm currently working, trying to get my 2019 course up and trying to get that done. Uh, it, it's taking quite a bit of time just for the sheer fact of the sheer amount of work that I'm doing with, with a new position. I mean, that, that does take a lot of more time. It eats it up. So, plus being so, miserable and drained you know at my last job i just didn't have any energy when i came home to even attempt to try to do any videos or training videos or podcasts i just couldn't pull myself to do any of that and i'm sorry but that's my life so so but the next thing is when you walk in remember it's somebody else's chair uh and don't don't just fill it you know like they left it you want to walk in with a positive impact and the changes that are needed in that company and stick by your guns. If you walk in and they say, we don't use passwords here, then you might want to walk back out. Because when somebody hacks that company and steals all their uh, vital information and, you know, steals all their all their content off their servers, you can get fired anyway. They're going to blame you for it. So, you know, don't walk in and do stupid things. Walk in and do what you know needs to be done. They expect it. When they hire a new person, they're hiring you to come in and make those changes and leave you be the bad guy. I said, let me be that. We just went to uh, strong passwords this week. And, I, and everybody said, oh, I can't remember that numbers and punctuation marks and uppercase letter case and 14 letters and whatever. I said, you know, I can't help you. I mean, that's what it is. And I'm the bad guy. Yell at me. I don't care. I got very, very, very strong shoulders. It doesn't matter. We're doing what's right. So and live by this rule that I live by. I always leave it better than I walked into the door of any job that I've ever had. And I live by that, and I've been living by that for decades. And anybody I've ever worked for in, in my all the years of working can say, hey, when Jack left here, it was better than when he started. Folks, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Thanks for subscribing. Thank you for downloading it. And I hope that I touched on some key points that you need. I do have some more stuff coming up in the works here. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get back on a roll. I don't know what day I'll be doing these things uh, with the podcast. But uh, hopefully when it comes up on your favorite podcatcher, 
you'll listen to it and uh, give me some comments back. I, I want to hear from you. If you have any questions about a job or about an interview or anything you might be curious about, email me. I'm sure I can help you out. You can email me at tipsfromtheserverroom at gmail.com and, uh, and let me know what you need. Please remember to use my Amazon link. If you go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com, anything you buy on Amazon, I don't care if it's window cleaner. If you click on my link first and go to Amazon through there, it doesn't cost you anything more. And, you know, a small proceeds come back to the to the podcast to help us out. You've heard this from 10 billion podcasters out there. We're all looking for your support. And that's all we want. I used to have a Patreon page and it's like, I don't want to beg you for money. Um, I've always done these to kind of pay it forward. I don't really want to beg and say, oh, please go to my Patreon, you know, and be a, be a Patreon, Patreon person. And, and, and I don't want to do that. You know, it's like, it's like if I come to your house and knock on your door with a tin cup, go, please give me a quarter. I don't want to do that. I do these for the fun of doing them, for the love of sharing the information that I have in my brain, whatever that might look like with all of you out there. And hopefully you get something out of it. That's why I do this. So, but thanks for watching, listening. Please pass the podcast around to other techs out there that you might know that might need a little bit of help. And as the intro always says, uh, pass it around there to, to accidental techies. I, I think that's where it helps the most is people that get thrown into that tech job like, hey, you know how to use Microsoft Word. Here's some ends and some cable. Go wire the network. And they're like, oh, crap, you know. So that's that's kind of what I built these for in the beginning, but they have expanded out to touch a little bit of every skill level out there. So again, thank you very much. Take care, and until next time, keep those networks running, and I will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye for now. You just listened to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long.